Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, 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 what's up, y'all? I'm so glad to be back with you on today. How you doing? How's your heart? I haven't asked that in a while. You know, or on the podcast, I haven't asked it. I've done it on the um, on the YouTube. But how's your heart today? How you feeling? Did you check in with you today? Well, we gonna check in with you today. I got a message for y'all. God even gave me a whole diagram and everything, child. So even though you can't see it, I'm gonna just share it with you. And we're going to get into this word, y'all, right? And so today's message is called um, Problems Process Promise. You know, it's part of the Messy Miracle series. We are at part four. And again, that is Problems Process Promise. Oof. Let me say a quick prayer before we go any further. Spirit and living God, thank you for this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May you get the glory, honor, and praise in this moment. We keep none for ourselves. Give each child what they need in this moment. God, we are all your children. And so we, you know exactly what each of us need in our lives. And so fulfill our hearts with what we need in this moment, Father God. Stir up our faith. To go deeper with you, Heavenly Father. May you get the glory, God, from all of us. May this word fall on good ground and produce good fruit in the lives of your children. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. So, today's message, um, I actually have a couple scriptures that I wanted to go through. And it kind of piggies back off of what we've been talking about all season long in terms of... um, the children of Israel. Like, I thought about that some more. And I feel like God's just not letting that go. So that may just be our theme for the entire season of the children of Israel, starting from Exodus onward, where it kind of starts a little bit in Genesis, um, where uh, because of the famine, the children have to come to Israel, uh, Jacob and his, his 12 sons, and then the, the, they're the tribes of Israel. And then they have children and onward and onward. That makes up the Israelites nation. And so they have to go to um, they have to go to Egypt in order to be cared for. Uh, because Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob, um, is now made like Pharaoh's second hand, so to speak. He's ruler over Egypt. And he is given the authority and the anointing of wisdom to help the land survive the famine that God said was going to come. They would have uh, seven years of, you know, harvest and then seven years of famine. And so Joseph, and this is for those of you who are like, is this the same Joseph with the coat of many colors? Yes, it is, (laughs) y'all. For those of you that don't know the Bible. (laughs) But, you know, Joseph uh, is given the wisdom from God and, and how to... Uh, take care of the grain and the food that they would need to to survive on for seven years of famine uh, so that nobody goes hungry but from that joseph 
eventually dies of course they pass the, the seven years of famine and if you go onward to the into the story jacob dies joseph eventually dies and then there comes a new pharaoh um who doesn't remember joseph and he notices that the children of israel um which are jacob's children jacob's name got changed to israel again go read your bible too much to, to discuss um but this new pharaoh doesn't know anything about uh joseph you know and so he enslaves the children of israel and then comes moses eventually in the story and then moses grows up in pharaoh's house but then sees the uh the the israelites uh hebrew children like beating and fighting on each other he says like this is your brother you shouldn't do that and he sees uh one of the egyptians attacking one of the hebrew children so he kills the egyptian and then they find out about it the pharaoh finds out about it and he goes on a run and so eventually comes 40 years later when moses is 80 kind of give you guys like a quick backstory much as i can so that you understand when i get into this message um he goes uh into the wilderness for uh 40 years and then when he's 80 god reveals himself to him in a burning bush and says you're going to go back and, and tell uh the pharaoh that people go and so then we're kind of caught up so moses goes tells the pharaoh that people go there's the 12 um 12 plagues that hit egypt and then eventually uh at passover the last plague comes where the um where the egyptian firstborns are killed by god and this causes pharaoh to say fine get out take you your children your cattle everything just get out of our land and he finally lets the um the israelites go now you're finally caught up Woof. <laughs> okay so why i talk about problems process and promise today is because when we get to the point of the story in exodus where the children of israel again the children of jacob this is like many children so generations later where they are now exiting egypt they think that okay we're going to go into our promised land we're going to get to our promise no 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 it's a process before you get to the promise and so as they go into leaving out of egypt they go into a wilderness now they were only supposed to be in that wilderness for 11 days however sadly they complained so much that god said you know what for every complaint i'm going to add a year so now you're going to be in this wilderness for 40 years instead of for 11 days as you were supposed to be. God had God didn't take them the direct route because he understood that they weren't ready yet. And and some of you may be there like you may be coming out of out of Egypt and you think you're ready for your promise land, you're not ready yet. Because if you if God took you to your promise land now, you are going to encounter devils, you're going to encounter battles, you're going to encounter giants on that level that you're, you didn't go through the process for. You didn't practice for that yet. And so you'll drop the ball. And so the same thing with the children of Israel. God knew that they weren't ready to go the direct path to their promised land of Canaan that he always promised them. The land full of milk and honey. So he said, okay, I got to take you in a roundabout way, which means going through a wilderness. It was only supposed to be a process journey. And it was only supposed to take 11 days. But because they complained so much, God said, you know what? I'm done with y'all. Your children will enter into the land, but y'all won't. Because y'all are too stubborn. 
And and it's sad because the parents, the adults felt like, as some of you may feel like, oh, I'm an old dog. You can't teach me new tricks. I've been here long enough. I've been doing this long enough. I don't want to change. I don't want uh, to heal. I don't want to improve. And so God says, fine. Well, I'll do it for your children then. Because I had glory for you. I had promised land for you. I had the best fruit for you. But since you didn't want to go through the process, fine. I'm going to let you die here in your problems. But I'm going to allow your children to get what I had for you. Baby, let me say that real Let me pivot real quick. That's sad. Do not, I don't care what age you are right now, under the sound of my voice, do not allow your children to reap a blessing that you could have had a taste for. You could have tasted and seen that the Lord was good for yourself. But because you got in your own way, because you didn't want to change, because you felt it was too difficult, too hard to practice, then God said, fine, the promise, the purpose I had for you, I'm no longer giving it to you. I'm going to give it to your children instead. Don't let that be you. You went through too much in your life thus far. I don't care if you're 20 or 80. You know that up until this point that you're at, you've been through some things. Why not see what's at the other end of the tunnel of transformation? Why not see the promise? Why allow yourself to die in the tunnel, to die in the wilderness, to not even get to the other side? Don't do that to yourself. Please hear me. There is glory on the other side of whatever you're going through right now. There's more in store for you. Don't give up right now just because you can't see the end. Trust that in the process... Even with the problems, it's going to come promise. You just got to go through the process to get to the other side of the promise, a.k.a. promised land. So with the uh, children of Israel, they go through the wilderness. The adults, the, the, um, the immediate descendants of, of Jacob's line, they don't get to go to the promised land, but their children do. Because they complain. And so they stayed in there for 40 years, so they all died out and was able to go into the promised land. And then we talk about before, uh, throughout the entire season of Egypt, wilderness, Midian, Canaan. What is that? That is the Egypt of problems. Then you have the wilderness and Midian, which is process. And then you have Canaan, which is the promised land. Henceforth, the theme of our message today, problems, process, promise. And so this made me think about my own life. And I tell you, I don't teach you anything I haven't been through myself. And so I had my moment of being in Egypt, of being in problems. That was before I went and entered into my wilderness stage or the process stage. And that was eight years of process. Really like seven. Eight was eight is the sign of new beginnings. And so seven years of process that I went through. And I had to go through that in order to grow, in order to develop my faith, in order to even be able to teach you guys the whole backstory. I mean, I summed up like five chapters in the Bible for y'all in, what, 11 minutes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But But that came from me studying during that seven years of process. Studying to be able to even teach that to you real quick. Okay. Some of y'all can't read five chapters in a book in 11 minutes. <laughs> so, praise God. I, I went through the process so that I can get to the point of my promise. I can get to the point of my purpose. Of being able to walk in the authority and the anointing that God gave me for this purpose. Because I went through the process. Don't despise small beginnings, as it says in Zechariah. 
God loves to see the work begin. So even though right now you may be looking at the problems or you may be at the process stage and you're like, when is the promise going to come? Hold on. It's coming. Just continue to work where you are. Continue to pray to God asking him, what more must you learn at this level? And so I told you guys I broke down like a diagram. Um, but I'm going to give you some scriptures first. And then I'm going to like tell you about the diagram. So I have three scriptures for you today. One is, well, there probably might be more, but right now I have three. Habakkuk 2, 2-4. through four. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2-4. through four. And if I'm saying that wrong, forgive me, y'all. The, these 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 names in the Bible, I do my best, okay? <laughs> so it might be Habakkuk or Habakkuk, anywho. <laughs> then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed for at the Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. What does this mean? This means that whatever God has promised you, whatever vision, idea, goal that you have in store, whatever you are trying to birth in your life, you're trying to manifest in your life that you feel like will be a better life for you. God has that in store for you. He's saying not only write it down, make it plain so that it, it comes out of your mind and it's actually a goal on paper that you can then put together a timetable to work the process in order to achieve it. But then also wait patiently. It's going to come. God would have never given you the idea, the dream, the goal, if he didn't have it in store for it to manifest and come to pass. The promise is going to come for you. Just as it did for the uh, the children of Israel. The promised land is there. He already promised it. I talked about before, Jeremiah 1.5. Told you there'll be more scriptures. <laughs> Jeremiah 1.5. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you and he set you apart to do something in the earth. Now, I paraphrase that a bit, be, put a little emphasis on it, because it, for Jeremiah, it was about being a prophet to the nations, but everybody's gonna be not called to be a prophet. Some of you are called to be doctors and lawyers and teachers and and um, construction workers and architects and wardrobe stylists and designers and rappers and singers and athletes and, and actors and whatever. Whatever your purpose, your calling, your destiny, your, your goal is, God has that for you, which is why you can't even quit it some of you have tried to quit it you you tried you tried to forget about it you try to put it down you try to ignore it and yet it keeps coming up yet you find yourself even in a late night hour even when you tired you bored you frustrated you find yourself turning back to that thing because that's something that god says i have that for you and i'm not gonna let it go why because he says in isaiah 55 11 another scripture <laughs> that his word will not return to him void so that meant that before I formed you, I already called out a word that you were going to fulfill in the earth at the time that I birthed you in. You were created for such a time as this. So even though you may not have seen the promise come to fruition just yet, hold on a little while longer. He says that he promises it throughout the word, not only throughout the text of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, uh, but we also see even here, you know, Deuteronomy and Joshua and onward, but we also see even here that in Habakkuk, he's saying the same thing. The promise is going to come to, to pass. Excuse me. It will be fulfilled. Just be patient. It surely will take place. 
And then he says at the end, look at the proud. That means look at people who only trust in themselves, who only believe that they only have what they have because of themselves. You ever heard somebody say, ain't nobody helped me? Baby, that's somebody that's proud because somebody did help you. You just forgot. There was somebody that God used to extend an olive branch to you, that God used to help you, whether it be financially or spiritually, they pray for you or mentally or physically, whatever it is, somebody helped you. You didn't get to this point on your own. First of all, somebody birthed you, which helped you get here. Hello, somebody. Then there was a village around you that helped you stay in school and get the education that you need and helped you develop to get to adulthood. So stop saying, for those of you that do say it, that ain't nobody help you. You have had help. Hello, somebody. You have had help. It's up to you to look back over your life and see the people that God placed in your life to help you. And, you know, I, I heard an example before and I've used it before where somebody was stranded let's say on the island and they wanted to get help they wanted to get home and so they prayed to god god please you know send me some help god's gonna rescue me and so god sends somebody uh on a cruise ship and they say no no god gonna send help for me god gonna help me and so the cruise ship leaves then you have somebody with a helicopter flying by and they say no 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 don't help me god say he gonna help me god gonna send me help and so the helicopter leaves you know what happens? The person dies on the island. <laughs> and they get to heaven and they're like, Jesus, what's up? I asked you for help. I prayed for you to help me. Why didn't you help me? And God says, I helped you. I helped you twice. Each time I sent some help your way. But you refused to help. Because you expected the help to come one way instead of looking at the help that was coming another way. God will never send you um, the thing that you want. He will send you people. He's not going to come down like a magician or like a fairy godmother and wave his wand and give you what you need. He sends people your way that have the answer you need, that have the resources you need, that have the finances you need, that have the expertise that you need to learn from. And he sends your help that way. It is your job, like that example, to focus and pay attention on the help that's sent your way. Hello, somebody. I'm teaching better than y'all listen now. Another scripture, Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do the whole thing as I've done before. So we're gonna just do one, two, verse four and eight. And that is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Going down to verse 4, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. And then verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And the last one is Psalms 1 verse 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So you may be saying, Andrea, why did you use these scriptures? I'm glad you asked me now. I use these scriptures because I wanted to get into this uh, diaphragm, so to speak, that God gave me, <laughs> kind of play on words, that God gave me um, of, I thought about it like this, pregnancy. <laughs> now, I'm not pregnant, so y'all might be like, Is she? no, no, baby. I'm not pregnant in the natural, but just like many of you, I'm pregnant in the spirit. 
What do I mean by that? That means that God gave me a vision, a goal, a promise that he is expecting me to birth into the atmosphere, to bring it from the spirit realm into the natural realm. And so I've done like Habakkuk 2. I've written it down. I've made it plain. I've made a goal. I've been patient. I've done like the scripture says in Ecclesiastes. I've had my moments, excuse me, of of dying to myself, my old life, my flesh. I've had my moments of, of planting the seed that God gave me and toiling in the ground and doing the work to get to the point of harvest. I had my moment of crying and now I'm entering to my stage of laughter. I'm entering to my stage of, of born, of, of birthing this promise that God gave me. And then Psalms 113, how does that tie in? That ties in because <clears throat> joyful is those that meditate on God's word. Because if you study society, society tells you get rich, get rich quick. <laughs> They got a bunch of schemes on how to get rich. I mean, you guys seen it. If you ever went on YouTube, hello, somebody. It, I, you are bound to watch an ad, even if you didn't mean to. It just comes across whatever you're watching. All of a sudden, you see an ad that says, oh, you want to get rich in five days? Here's how you do it. I became a billionaire overnight. This is what I did. And so you got all these get rich quick schemes. And that's what this word is saying in Psalms 1. Don't listen to or follow the advice of the wicked. Don't stand around with these people. Don't listen to what they have to say. But study and meditate God's word. It will help you bear fruit in each season. Your leaves will never wither and you will prosper in all that you do. And so for those of you that's like me, that are ready to give birth, God helped me put together a a diagram, if you will, of the three stages of pregnancy. And I'm talking about, again, I'm giving you practical examples for spiritual principles now. So y'all follow along with me on this journey of the three stages of pregnancy. And this is my fellows as well. So real quick for my guys, it's like, ooh, this ain't for me. Yes, it is for you. Why? Because God has given you an idea. He's given you a, a purpose. He's given you a vision, a goal that you're trying to achieve in the earth. So even though, no, you can't naturally give birth like a woman does in the natural, but you can spiritually birth purpose in the earth by working the assignment that God gives you in order to get to your promised land. So listen up. Again, I'm giving you practical steps for spiritual principles to apply to your life so stage number one when we think about pregnancy i'm going to call this the problem stage here's why i'm calling the problem stage stage number one is about one to three months of the of of pregnancy terms but i'm calling it the problems problem stage because it's the initial news of pregnancy and for some they're very happy and elated yay i'm pregnant Woohoo! but for others they weren't looking to be pregnant (laughs) so this was a oops this was a surprise You know, and sometimes God may do that because you may have been going your way and you weren't even thinking about the fact that your way wasn't the right way. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits and God gives you an idea during COVID. So while your job may have been shut down or some of you may have lost your job, God said, I have an idea for you. I have a goal for you. I have a purpose for you that I've always wanted you you to achieve anyway. And so you may not be looking to go that way, but now you're like, okay. Now I have to start figuring out if I want this or not. Do I want to go the way that God wants me to go? Do I want to birth this baby? Do I want to have this baby and and allow it to develop into the nine-month stage that it needs to? Or do I want to just forfeit this baby and abort it? Hear me when I say this. Do not abort your baby. 
you know, in the spirit realm, the enemy does not want you to birth purpose. He does not want you to get to your promised land. So he's going to attack you at every chance he can to say, don't birth your baby. Abort your baby. Abort the dream. Abort the mission. Abort the goal. It's too hard for you. Don't don't do it. Don't go that way. He, why? Because he wants, he knows that there's better on the other end. He knows that once you come out of the tunnel transformation, there's light at the end of that tunnel and there's a better life. He knows that you'll be much more happier and fulfilled when you get to that moment. So he wants to try to stop you every chance he can get. And what better way to stop you than at the beginning stages, uh, a stage one. This is why I said it's a problem stage. Because this is where you got to struggle of, do I birth this thing? Do I choose to go through the nine months? Do I choose to go through the process of developing this idea, this concept, this dream goal that God gave me? This relationship that God gave me? Do I want to go through the process of seeing it through to marriage? Or do I want to give up right now and quit? Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. You will never get to the championship ring if you quit the first game. Um, and so you also go through in the problem stage researching because you have to figure out what you'll need to take care of this baby. What you'll need, how this baby affects your life. Who are the people that you need to have around to help you raise this baby, help you even get through the process of pregnancy. That's your village. That's the people that God is assigning to you that will be able to care for you and your baby during that time of development. And so, again, you know, practical steps, spiritual principle. So for those of you that have ideas, dreams, goals in mind that God has given you, relationship goals as well that God has given you, and you want to see it birth, but you have to, you know, protect it uh, even at this stage because the enemy doesn't want you to have it. So you got to research and figure out who's the right team around me that will help me carry this through. Back to the children of Israel. Moses had to, you know, be able to delegate and find the right people that would help him carry the, the mission, the goal to bring these people to the promised land. That's where you enter Joshua, Aaron, and her. God revealed that these are the people that was going to help you. Aaron came along at the beginning when Moses felt like he couldn't do it, um, you know, in the wilderness. And then God said, okay, here's your brother Aaron coming to help carry it. But then as he went along with just him, because God sends us out to us at two at a time. Then came along Joshua and, and uh, her to also help and, and the different ways that they could help. You're going to need a team around you to help you birth this baby. The team that's around you right now, the, the home homeboys and homegirls you have right now, the family you have right now, they may not be. And I found out in my own life. So I could definitely tell you for, you know, yeah, for sure. They're not going to likely be the people who are going to help birth your baby. They don't have the capacity. They're not thinking the way you think. They're thinking about the problems and the problems only. They're not even thinking about the process nor the promise. They just look at the problems and how you can. That goes back to the children of Israel. There were 12 that, that uh, Moses sent out to scope out the promised land. And yet 10 came back and said, we can't do it. Only two came back and said, we could. That was Joshua and Caleb. Only two came back. The other 10 was like, it's too big, it's too much, it's too huge, it's too big of a vision. We just can't do it. We can't fathom it. And so they didn't get the answer to the promised land. But you have to, in this moment, in this stage of even the problem stage, recognize the problem and then focus on the promise. Yes, this is a problem that God has given me a solution. He's also given me this part of the process and promise. 
but I can't listen to the naysayers. I got to stay focused on developing this vision, this goal, this dream that God has given me. Trusting that through the process, I'm going to eventually get to the promise. The set, um, after making a decision, then comes the planning stage. Then we go into the second stage of development for birthing something into the natural. You get to the three to six month stage. This is your process stage of pregnancy. During this time, you're continuing to research while you're waiting for the baby to arrive. While you're waiting for you, you, God and you to birth this promise that he's already given you, there's a waiting stage. During that waiting stage, you're, you're supposed to be doing things, not just waiting around twiddling your thumbs. Work. Work the baby. Work, the, the, work at what he's giving you to work at. Doing the, the one thing he told you to do, and then he'll give you more. But you, you will never see a pregnant woman at four months unless, you know, you know hopefully it, it didn't happen to her. But unless she went through a, a um, premature birth, you will not see a pregnant woman at the four-month stage, three-month stage even, trying to push the baby out. She's not ready. She understands that there's more development that needs to be done. And so you're during that development process of your spiritual baby... You're protective of your body, your surroundings, the environment you're in, because you don't want anything to taint or, or warrant the baby to not be born or worse to turn stillborn or miscarriage. What does this mean? I talked about before with the bamboo shoot. If you reveal too soon your baby, your spiritual idea, your, your goal, your purpose, your promise that God gave you that you're working at. If you reveal that baby too soon, the wrong people will kill it. The wrong people will cause you to drop the ball. I know because I remember years before, I would say my very first entrepreneurial endeavor. It was a, a digital creative arts magazine called Rock Chic. And some of y'all that's been my day ones, you, you was there with me. Um, you know, and with that, I, I had my idea first that God gave me. There was a problem I was trying to solve. So I had my idea first, I started working it. But then, unfortunately, when I got to the second stage of the process stage, I allowed other people's ideas, other people's thoughts, other people's um, even negativity to come and help. And, and it caused me to miscarry my baby. In a sense, I wasn't able to really birth it into the full fruition that it was supposed to be. And so even though something was born, uh, I won't say miscarry, I would say premature. Even though something was born premature, it was not what I wanted it to be. And no matter how much I tried my best to um, resuscitate it, try my best to, uh, you know, just fix it, it, I couldn't fix it. And so eventually I had to just, you know, give up on it and, and let it die because I allow other people's voices to come into my environment. But this time around, oh, no, 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 no. I have been very, very quiet on what God is doing until he tells me it's time to release what he's doing. And so even some of you that may, you know, know me in terms of you might be my family member or something like that. You know that this, this kind of popped up for you because it was a surprise for you. It wasn't for me. God had already developed me, but I had to be in the process stage. I had to be quiet about it. I had to be protective of it. Because you may not have been a person that I could share it with because you might have killed my baby. So again, for those of you out there, you know, you got to be protective in this process stage. 
Because there are some people that don't want you to birth it. And there's others that may want you to birth it. But then they'll come giving their input. And then it might taint what you're doing. And twist your thoughts in a way that God doesn't want it to go. So you got to be protective in this stage. In this stage, you should also be researching. Learning all that you can to make sure that you birth your baby at 100%. To make sure that you birth this vision, this goal, this idea that God has given you. And, and, and that you have every tool and resource needed. And again, it's not about you getting it in your own strength. Because if you need it, God will give it to you and provide it for you. But you can also be researching. There's more goals that God has given me for this baby of ages of revival. And during the process of while some are being born right now, there's others that are still in development. And so during the development stage, I'm researching. My team is, is helping me research and develop what we need so that when the time comes to birthday, we're prepared. This stage, this stage two is your process stage. You also should be working at it, like I said, and you should also be gathering your team. So, like I said, those that you started with may not be those that are going to help you carry it. Those that would be your village that will help protect it. So, you got to be, you know, not only praying to the Father to see, God, who's the right people that would be on my team to help me birth promise, to help me birth my purpose. But then also start moving towards those people. Start making those connections that God will place in your heart and in your mind. If some of them... Um, are celebrities or something or some of them may be people that you see on YouTube or social media, social media influencers that you may not know of. If you can connect with them, connect with them. If not, then maybe God only has you learn from them. Maybe they may have a master class or something that you could take so that you just learn from them. So they may not be a part of your team per se to help do the work, but they're part of your team in terms of spiritually to help you develop. There are so many people that I listen to spiritually that, that have helped me develop to the stage. Too many to list right now. But just to name a few. There's my, my sister Latoya O'Kea. My brother Jerry Flowers. Pastor Mike Todd. Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. Bishop T.D. Jakes. Pastor Stephen Furtick. Uh, Christine Kane. Lisa Harper. Reverend Stephanie Phillips. Like There's so many people who have helped me develop to this stage that I've been studying under. Some I've known, some I don't know. And I look at their YouTube videos and I look at their or I sign up for their master classes or or, um, I, you know, I study their books that they released. Pastor John Gray, you know, I'll, I'll pick up their text and read what I can. You know, so you could be doing the same thing. You may not be able to know these people that will be on your team, but there's a spiritual team that will help you develop. And then there's a the physical team that will help you push the baby forward, that will help you birth, that will help you do the work again. Real life practical steps for spiritual principles, guys. Just apply it to your life. And then you get to the third stage. And the third stage, I know we're a bit long. Guys, but bear with me. I'm almost finished. The third stage is your promise stage. That's the six to nine month stage of pregnancy. And in this stage, you're anxiously anticipating an expectation for this baby to arrive. This is like I talked about before, the waiting room. You're now in the waiting room. Anxiously awaiting the time to come where it can be born. You know, there's still some work to do even at this process, because at this process, you should be also uh, figuring out if you don't have the nursery ready, if you, meaning you don't have the environment ready to birth this baby. Then make sure you get your environment prepared, get your environment ready so that when it comes time to birth it, you have everything you need. All your ducks are in a row. 
You're not scrambling at the last minute, birthing it, and then trying to put together a nursery. It's already done. You've gotten the car seat. You've gotten um, the baby clothes and everything you need. Again, practical steps, spiritual principles. You've gotten everything you need for whatever that vision, that goal, that idea, that dream that God gave you. You're in this moment getting everything you need at this stage. Making sure those last bits and pieces that you needed are in order. So that when the baby, when, when that vision is birthed, you are already prepared. You don't have to get prepared. You've already been getting ready before it came. In this stage, um, you'll also be going into labor, of course, because this is the promise stage now. You're birthing it just like the children of Israel. When their parents died, their children now were ready to enter with Joshua and Caleb into the promised land. And so we now, that's, you know, gets into uh, Josh, the book of Joshua. Go read that. And there's a process if, with that as well. But it's, it's uh, God hands it to them in a sense. Their job is just to walk forward, to birth it. You know, he helped them develop into that, that stage. Now here's the promised land. Go forth. And so, you know, the same thing with you. Now's the time to birth it. Now's the time to push it. It's not the time to get afraid. This is the time to understand that you have went through the development stages. You had the problems. You, you solved them. You had the process. You went through that. Now it's time to birth your baby, birth the, the vision, the goal, the purpose that God has in store for you, the assignment that God's telling you to birth. Birth it now, whenever your now time is. Make sure you're surrounded by your team when you do that. The team that during the process stage you put together that are going to help you take care of and steward well because the assignment is too big for you. And if your assignment, your purpose is not big for you, then it may I submit for your consideration, it may not be God, it may be you. Because any God-given assignment, any God-given purpose, and I know from my own experience, as well as studying my other mentors, spiritual mentors, is too big for you to do by yourself. God needs you to have a team to help you steward it, to help you bring it to pass, to help you birth it. Because it's too big for you to do on your own. If you could do it on your own, it's not God. Nine out of ten is probably not God. Even if it's a relationship. If you can, you know, manifest that relationship on your own, if you can get to marriage on your own and then get to happily ever after on your own, so to speak, it may not be God. It may be you and your flesh because you're doing it in your own strength. Remember, 2 Corinthians 12 says, my grace is sufficient for my power is best in weakness. And so Paul responds that, you know, when I give God my weakness, he gives me his strength. It's the understanding that I don't have to be strong in trying to make it happen. I can be weak in this moment and God's strength, God's grace, his mercy and his favor will help me birth this thing. You got to do your part. Remember the process. You got to work even during the um, the birthing stage. If you look at a, a woman giving birth, she can't just lay back and just let nothing happen. There's work that has to be done, whether it's the C-section or she delivers vaginally. She got to push in some capacity, whether you're pushing, uh, you know, to push it out vaginally or she is pushing herself and her stamina to get through the surgery in order for the doctors to get the baby out with a C-section. But either way, there's work being done. The same thing with your spiritual baby. There's work being done. There's work that still needs to be done. Continue doing the work, even in this stage. Don't give up. Don't quit. You got to this far push through in order to see your baby and then as you know eventually after the mom does that last push here's the baby and it's beautiful and you're excited and everybody's ex everybody's ecstatic and happy that the promise is finally birthed 
Now, of course, with that promise, enters a whole other chapter, but we're not going to get to right now, but of development. But at least you got the promise in your hand and you're holding it and you realize it was worth the work. It was worth the nine months, the, the time, so to speak, that it took for you to get to point A to point B. It was worth it. You're happy now. You're not even remembering how long it took to develop. Because now you're in your promised land. Now you're in your promise that God gave you. You birthed it into the earth. You manifested it into the earth. Fellas and women, now you're happy because you allowed yourself to go through the process in order to get to your promise. So, I know I had to go through you know that lengthy explanation, but I really do hope that by breaking it down, it helps you understand the messy miracles of problems, process, promise. It's all mess throughout the whole entire situation giving birth to a baby is messy i know though i have not been uh had that liberty yet i have been in birthing rooms with other people it's nasty y'all <laughs> i'm sorry baby it's nasty but when you see that baby come out you like you you cry you're a ball of emotions because you're like man that was nasty but man it birthed something so beautiful and the same thing god is saying to you today Yes, what you've been through, your experiences were nasty. They were messy. But it's going to birth a miracle. Let the process, let the pain, let the misery birth promise out of you. Let it birth purpose. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you shalom. Give you his peace. Take care. God bless. <laughs>